welcome once again to the How Long To Beat podcast. As always, I am Rick and I'm joined by Alex. Hey! And Paola. Hello! And also, for the first time in a long time, we've got a guest. Uh, this week, <gasps> it is everyone's favourite moderator and wielder of the Banhammer, uh, Tiamat, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> hey guys! Our pleasure to have you on. Uh, we tried yeah. to do it, well I say we tried, Paola tried to do this as a little surprise. <laughs> And it didn't quite happen, but you're here now, and we're very glad that we've got you. Um, while since we've done one of these, so a quick rundown of how the guest ones work. Um, Alex, our resident Paxman, is going to do a little sort of getting to know you segment. Uh, we're then going to jump into the usual sort of beaten, retired, playing kind of thing. Um, then Tiamat has brought both a topic um, for us to talk about and uh, a candidate for the latest episode of Guess the Game, uh, the aim of which being guessing the guest's game that doesn't quite work when you conjugate it round but you get the point um and then we will finish on a, a points not mattering version of say it with me how long, how to, long beat to beat the game, game. The game. and that has to be the best one we've ever done yeah at least on my headphones not bad sounded good for me <laughs> there you go. and with that alex take us straight on in yes let us do this so um like we we always like to just kind of you know learn a little bit more about our guests um, each time. So we have a few questions here that we're going to ask. Um, starting off, what part of the world do you live in and how does that affect your gaming? Because I think you're the first, well, I'll spoil it a little bit, fellow Canadian on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, I Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, like you said, raised and born Canadian from the east in Quebec. So a little French guy here. <laughs> oh, you might have noticed the accent. Um, I, I don't think... Deafening it... silence and no one dared comment on that. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's okay. My so, whole family has lots of French accents in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how did it affect my gaming? I don't, think it, I don't think it affected my gaming in any specific way since it's mostly the North American market. So whatever happened in the States... Uh, we got it here, I guess. So, yeah, it's pretty much the North American market. Nothing special, I guess, except for maybe the French uh, stuff happening later on in the two, early 2000, I think, where the government passed this law where we had to have uh, the games could be released in English back then, but the boxes and manuals had to be available in French. So some of the bigger games were released a few weeks later, but that's that's it. Yeah. Do you find yourself playing like most games in English or do you do you like to swap around here and there? Like... Yeah, it's mostly 50-50, I'd say. It really depends on the game. Um, games with lots of text, I might play them in French. Uh, because it feels more natural, but if it's, uh, I don't know, if it's mostly uh, voice acting and action and cutscenes and stuff, I might play in English. So, yeah, yeah it really depends on the game. Because I remember playing Plague Tale, and that one was one where like, I had started a bit in English, and I was like, no. And I switched it to the French, and I was like, ah, oh, there we go. That's where it's meant to be. <laughs> like, There's some games yeah. where you're just like, oh, yeah, clearly this is the... And, and some of them have really, really good like, voice acting in French. Like the Ubisoft games, 
usually they have very very good french actors uh doing those uh the oh, assassin's creed games yeah no but like really they really care about this and the assassin's creed games are some of those i really play in french all the time uh but text heavy games yeah usually i will play them in french and uh, it depends it really depends it, there's no rule i guess it's kind of yeah. fun being able to have the options, I suppose. You can also check to see like who you prefer, right? Like I know for some Yeah, games, it really but... depends on the game. It really does. So like I don't know, when I played was it uh Hellblade? Mm. I I did play this one in English because of you no know, I heard about all the voice acting and the voices and the very nice sound mixing and the, the, I really wanted the authentic uh, experience, which was really good. I was afraid that the French translation wouldn't be as good. So, but yeah, I can choose whatever I feel like is the best, uh, I guess, or just how I feel about the game. Nice. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about that too, because I'm thinking like, because I know Paolo, we've talked a little bit about how like, at least in Spanish, um, there seems to be such a like v big variety in terms of quality yeah. and also what kind of Spanish they use. But then French, it's, I would imagine, I feel like there's more even games, especially as at least here in Canada, it seems like there are way, way more games that have the French option, even over like a Spanish option in general. But that might just yeah, be in particular. Hmm. Yeah. From what I remember the, so Lover of the Well had uh, um, uh, a Spanish-Spanish option and a Mexican-Spanish option, if I remember correctly. Uh, but usually we just get like the Spanish-Spanish option and that can get very confusing because they have a lot of terms and expressions that we do not have. So in, my, in, in this side of the world in particular, it's very funny how if you if you share a lot with different communities of people across Latin America and and Spain, you end up getting like such a wide range of expressions. Mm. And I don't remember the expression that I used, but uh, Aaron, my friend, said, "Hey, are you doing Mexican or like was it Mexican or Peruvian now?" Because that expression was like very from that place in particular. <laughs> it, it, and I'm like, I, it is the fault of my other friend. I blame my other friend because she is in a community with a lot of Spanish speaking people. Yeah. We do have like French Canadian versions quite often. Like, uh, yeah, like Breath of the Wild. Like there's the French from France and you can choose French from, well, Canadian French. Uh, and it's different actors too. It's not just the text, it's, it's the different voices. Um, and lots of, like most Mario games actually have a, a French Canadian version. Like, I don't know, I was playing, a, a, was it Mario Gal Galaxy with my son? And there's like definitely, especially with uh, the Toad Squad, when they talk, it's, it's definitely French from here. I mean, the, the, the way they talk and what they say. Um, obviously, the Messenger did that too. So there is the, the French from... Quebec uh, specific language in the messenger 
and it's it's like 99% slang <laughs> like like heavy 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 slang if you're not born here <laughs> even if you're french you won't get it like at all they really oh. played on it <laughs> and actually yeah, i think I mean, yeah i was just gonna say that that makes sense because they're on your doorstep right <clears throat> yeah well actually they're like 15 minute walk from where i work hmm. actually walk yeah. past like every day when i walk um out of my office when I do go to work and walk to get my bus uh, station, I walk past um, uh, Sabotage, this, these guys, uh, Ubisoft, uh, where they did uh, Syndicate and uh, Odyssey and uh, Phoenix Rising. I walk past uh, Freema Studio. These guys did... Um, uh, was it a, a chariot or something like this platform puzzle game on the switch and pc anyway uh the game kona uh which was made like uh in quebec as well and we have uh Beanox, which has been around for forever pretty much they're the activision uh, studio aren't they um they did some yeah. spider-man games back in the day i think Beanox? Yeah. Oh, they did a lot more than that. I mean, they remastered all the the recent uh, Call of Duty, I think, or Modern Warfare. That's them. Um, that was a good what's those little uh, figurines games? Um, what was oh, Skylanders. Yeah, like I think it's it's them also. Oh, they must uh, have helped Toys for Bob. I think they were the the lead studio, but it's like obviously it's Activision um umbrella like you say yeah yeah it's, it's a big one um oh, it's yeah. it's one of the first ones we got and gearbox uh got a, a new satellite office there as well in quebec so i actually see all these signs and offices every single day so they're all in the same like almost within 10 minutes like walking time from each other it's it's very very uh, yeah that's it that's the game i was uh, referring to so that's a uh, freemo studio which is uh actually right in front of my bus station um so yeah cool um yeah awesome. Wait, we what, got what, sidetracked but <laughs> yeah i know that's that's how this podcast works <laughs> yeah. what was the name of that language too though in quebec, like the dialect in quebec because i remember joueur was one but i don't is there another yeah. name not really no i mean no, we don't just the quebec i don't dialect. think we have a name yeah it's just i've i don't know if that's true though but i've heard that the way we talk is actually a lot closer to how the french talked back in the like 15th century uh, when it moved, that would make yeah. sense. So, like French people from France would go like, "Ah, oh, you guys from Quebec have this like big accent." But historically speaking, it's like most of it is frozen in time from like 500 years ago. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, I'll be honest, because I, you know, I grew up in New Brunswick, right? And so I would do a lot of these tours for people from France and from Quebec, and <laughs> it was like if they both talked to me, I was like, "You got to stop." Because I'm yeah. like, I can't do two versions of French at the same time. So give me it's very different. It is. It it's, really is. Yes. It's very, very different. Yeah. And people oh, don't seem God. to understand like what I, anyway, because it, it's, and it's, it's very different than like, because, you know, obviously like we talk with Rick, like, you know, Rick and I speak different kinds of English, but they're so similar. And it's like the French 
between Quebec and France way more different like the words are just mm. totally different too and pronunciations but anyway there's a little yeah. language thing i just i love languages so <laughs> i like to talk about it <laughs> um <laughs> why don't we keep moving on though because now what i want to know because i think this will be interesting because um you started gaming at a different time than we did for sure what's your yeah. gaming background yeah. and preferences um well as far back as i can go what i remember is um my cousin well one of my cousins was living like two blocks away from my home and my dad was working the night shift back then so i usually ended up going to my cousin's place um, until my parents like or my mom actually came back home so i was going to my cousin's place and he had um atari 2600 coleco vision and um, um, VIC twenty. So this is this was like what I was playing back then. Um, so I remember playing like Pitfall and Pong and like like the early versions of them, not the NES versions or not the like the very early low <laughs> low resolution <laughs> games and. Um, I remember that my cousin's dad uh, was a businessman of some sort, and um, they had a lot of money, so they got all those consoles. Then they had the NES, uh, which I didn't have. Um, so I remember going to his place, playing. Uh, I actually have vivid memories of a few of them. Uh, there was the first Castlevania, which is uh, the game of the month right now. Uh, so I played a shit ton of that. Um, what was it again? Uh, Popeye. Oh, the, the, the NES game. Yeah. Um, Much better than I remember Atari. playing like the Ghost, the Ghostbuster game, which sucked, but I remember that. Uh, Top Gun, which also sucked, but you know, like there's no way you can land that plane. Like it's it's not possible. Um, so yeah, I've got those memories of these games um like very early on and his neighbor had a what was it again commodore 64 um so yeah this is like the early early gaming time then my dad <clears throat> uh knew a guy in some kind of rental place like blockbuster or something uh so my mom was against us getting a gaming console because she saw that I was like really into it. Um, but it wasn't like this very negative thing. Uh, I could still play at other people's places and stuff. So yeah, my dad knew this guy at, the, as, at this rental center. And every other weekend, we would get a NES for two days. Uh, since he knew the owner, we didn't pay for the rental of the console itself. So, But we had to pay for the rental for the games and it was always the first mario game and something else so we would get adventure island uh russian attack uh cobra triangle which i loved back then um like like whatever it was mario and something so then mario 2 came out so then it was mario 2 and something else and uh, maybe in 1980 
nine-ish, then we got our own console at home. Um, so yeah, I grew up to be a Nintendo guy, like mostly. Then I got my Game Boy in 1990-ish. Anyway, I paid for that with my own money. I was like this nine-year-old kid going to the store with his own cash. And my dad was like, are you sure you want to spend that money on that thing? Like it's a lot of cash. And I ended up playing Tetris like nonstop for like six months, I think, before I got something else. And uh, funny thing, my first uh, Game Boy game after that was uh, Castlevania, The Adventure. Oh, God. <laughs> Not a good game. I played yeah, that recently no. on the collection. Uh-uh. Yeah, I know. It's 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 a it's a classic, right? <laughs> yeah, quote unquote. Depends how you define sure. that term. I still have it here. Look. I, I might oh. say relic. In the freaking studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there it is. Like all in plastic and stuff. So yeah, that's 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 the one. I did not buy this one later on. That's like from thirty years ago. Damn, I have to say I'm impressed you had the boxes. Like I was such a trash kid when it came to my Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. Yeah. I was saying at first, I've only got a couple left, and I hate myself for it. I don't, yeah, I well, like, well I, I, we got rid of so many games that I I just want to shoot myself now. Because we, it was expensive, so we would have some games, then bring them back to some store, get credits for them. Yeah. So I, My cousin used to do that. Yeah, so we always had these, like, very uh well my games were always in very good shape complete in box and plastic and everything uh so i remember going and like putting back Mega Man one two three like for stupid like low credit numbers and stuff not knowing how it would go in the future yeah yeah uh castlevania three um which i repurchased last year um yeah like another one i I feel like i'm gonna stand up very often during this <laughs> thing i mean we'll appreciate it the audience won't know but we are absolutely well, appreciating loving it, it on oh your yeah there yes, it is. absolutely yeah that is a niceness <laughs> yeah is it say, i've never collection. seen yeah i've never seen like a nice game like sealed before so well it's not sealed it's in some kind of plastic like thick plastic oh. collections like that I get box. for my games. Yeah, I get they like like I've got those for all of my games. Like, look, it's it's some kind of a. I love those things. I had that for my drill dozer. It's like perfection. Keeps them pretty safe. <laughs> yeah, mm. and it's pretty cheap. It's like a dollar each or something. It's just maybe two dollars. But I know I, I kick myself for not keeping just the ones from my childhood. I don't really care about like my middle year gamings. You know, like Xbox 360s. I have a bunch of those, but they're like cracked. Like like cases and shit because those cases did not last, and they went yeah. to many a university dorm. <laughs> so, but but yeah, the this is what I grew up with. I mean, all these guys. It's yeah, uh, Mario, pristine as always. Yeah, I played so much of that at my like preschool. We had uh, a nest there, and I was just playing the crap out of Super Mario. <laughs> Well, like this is interesting, actually. If you can see right here, the the this red logo here. Oh yeah, it's good. Is it Mattel? Yeah. So actually, Mattel was the distributor of Nintendo games, 
back in the day because Nintendo was looking for a company to make the distribution. So they went for a, a toy company because, you know, that's the, the Nintendo stuff was considered toys, I guess. So Also trying to avoid the whole gaming crash sort of moniker with the Atari stuff. Yeah, so Mattel was distributing those, uh, those uh, NES games. But yeah, so I grew up to be a Nintendo guy, mostly. Uh, well, 99%. Um, so yeah, well, that, like, that's my background, I would say. Nice. I feel like we already kind of covered what got you into gaming then, because I, th- I think we just went into like a nice, uh, a nice whole uh, area there. Um, yeah, well, these are great memories. I mean, the gr- gr- growing up in the 80s was very exciting. I mean, for games, I mean, everything came out like the, the Sega Master System and Genesis and NES, Super Nintendo, the Game Boy. It was like every two years there was something new on the market. Uh, it's very, very exciting. It's kind of wild, I guess, because that time, I guess when you think about it, it's like there was such a quicker turnover and stuff. Like, I mean, now, which is probably a good thing now that it takes longer, but like it was just such a like boom, 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 boom. Um, yeah. And you feel the jump each time as well, probably in a way that you didn't um, as a child growing up, like later on. Because from a NES to SNES, like PS5 stuff looks great, but it's not that much better than PS4. Oh, really. yeah. When we got the Super Nintendo, I still remember like taking it out of the box. Just the console itself, it was like something from like a gift from the universe or something. <laughs> <laughs> and And just, you know, Taking the controllers, I mean, it was the first time, like for now, uh, today, we take all these controllers for granted. But back in 1991, you take that Super Nintendo-like controller and you're like, what am I going to do with all those buttons? I mean, uh, will it be difficult? Can I actually play with this? How do I press the ones on the side? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then playing like uh, Super Mario World was... Uh, it's like wow it was stereo sound uh you had like multi-layered uh backgrounds um like super fx animation for some games uh the music was great uh it, it was wow it, it, it really like it's hard to describe um same thing happened with the nintendo 64 the first time I actually played it was at my cousin's uh, neighbor place, which got one. And then again, it's like, come on over, let's play this new game. And you take this controller and you're like, what? <laughs> what's well, that this? one in particular? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, you're like, what? Like, what the hell? It's, it's... And then I remember playing through the first uh, stage and getting to... Uh, uh, Bobom King, and it was like, wow, like <laughs> this is what this is the future now. We can play these 3D games, and like Mario 64 did it so well. Like, as a new game, like I was just picking this up, yeah, yeah. good old N64 controller, <laughs> yeah. So I've got all my stuff like accessible, all the, well, most of it. Nice. So 
Yeah, mine's yeah. all like score. You know, <laughs> I have little hidey holes for all my gaming stuff. <laughs> well, that one is close by because I've got this. Uh, well, we talked about it in the past. This adapter to use my N64 or GameCube controller on my PC, which is made by a guy in Quebec. That I, I have think to I, say, I've been playing with my like, controller, the PC, like this guy here. Ooh. Yeah, so it actually plugs in a GameCube or N64. You cannot have both at the same time, and then it's just standard USB. And um, yeah, it's Nothing good stuff. It's the originals. <laughs> it's not the same. I used to have this uh, USB N64 controller, and um, it's it's not the same feeling. The joystick is not the same, and the dead zone is not the same um it's very different so yeah they look the same but they don't feel the same <laughs> no no so um, yeah nice uh so actually okay this might be interesting then um i'm curious like if you had to pick like what's your console or handheld of choice and why like what's the one that just, this is the one <laughs> oh man it's so hard mm-hmm. uh i'm looking at my collection right now and i'm just trying to find out which one I've actually spent the most like fun time with. Um, like it may sound weird, but I would say that the Wii U oh. is, is very special to me. Well, uh, for many reasons. Uh, first of all, I got it in 2013. So that was one year after release. At that time, I had not played any games for almost ten years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I uh, anyway, life happened, and be, between twenty two thousand and three and two thousand thirteen, I only played a couple of Game Boy Advance games, like, and that's it. Uh, in two thousand and thirteen, I wanted to go back into it. I got a Wii U uh, because it was backward backwards compatible with the Wii. The Wii was a console that I, I had skipped completely. So now I could, you know, try to get back into two generations mm. at once. And I really did have a lot of fun between those two two consoles. Um, I, yeah, so I would say that this in my recent memory would be like a something very special. Otherwise, um, I think the PS1 might come in second place from the late 90s. I mean, I got the PS1, was it in 1997 or something? Then boom, 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 Metal Gear Solid, Xenogears, Final Fantasy VIII, uh, Brave Fencer, Jade Cocoon. Um, it was like one after the other, like 97, 98, 99 for the PS1 was just like all bangers. It was one after the other. So yeah, I nice. think those, those two would be the, and the top choices, Wii U and the PS1. I love yeah. it. That is a wide variety. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The, well, I mean, obviously I have. NES, Super Nintendo, N64. I have my GameCube, my Wii U, PS1, 2, 3. I've got a Vita, a Game Boy, Game Boy Advance SP. I've got my DSi, a new 2DS XL, a new 3DS XL. I've got a PSP. I've got a Vita. 
a switch switch is your most current i would imagine then <laughs> yeah it's just a microsoft stuff i've always been i don't yeah. know just you for me it was right. just a glorified pc for me yeah. i mean I, I, it's it's not a negative thing i don't hate people who play xbox games it's <laughs> just that i never <laughs> yeah but i don't see any well, for me anyway i never, never saw any um compelling exclusives for me and see that was a thing like i feel like you missed because like i know for the 360 for me like it microsoft hit i think particularly around like teenagers and then university aged because it was like yeah. yeah you know those who couldn't bring a pc into their places basically right so yeah. I, it makes sense to me like whenever i meet people who are like really into xbox they're usually were of that age or of some kind when they got it you know it was like oh yeah of the perfect age to do this. And even when I think about myself now too, it's like, you're right. Like a, a solid PC can do all the same. Um, as long it as was a good space. timing too. I mean, the three, I was working at future shop back then. If you remember the brand, which pretty oh, much do. is like a Canadian <laughs> version of Best Buy. Yeah. And I was working there, uh, from 2003 to 2010. And the fact that the Xbox 360 came out one year, before the PS3 and the Wii gave Microsoft the edge there. I mean, big time. It was a big release and there was like no competition. It was Xbox 360, GameCube, and PS2. I mean, you go to the store and you see this Xbox 360 there, what do you do? I mean, you get it. And then oh, the yeah. PlayStation 3 and the Wii came out one one week from each other in Canada. So that was a big release week. And the PlayStation 3 was just too expensive. I mean, it was like $800 Canadian. Oh, it was but, stupid expensive. Like that's, I remember why I yeah. absolutely could It was a Blu-ray it. disc too. Like yeah. it was a Blu-ray player. It was cheaper than the cheapest standalone Blu-ray player we had at the store. So I think that ended up being the issue is that like Blu-ray was still so expensive even just to buy Blu-rays. So like, I know like I'm thinking about my father who like really likes movies, but like he waited until Blu-ray was cheap and he didn't care about a period. You know what I mean? Like he was like, he's not paying attention. He was just like, I'm just going to get Blu-ray player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, well, actually so many people at the store bought the PS3 exclusively as a Blu-ray player because it was $200 cheaper than the standalone one. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It, same effect, just much less of a hit. Because yeah. again, like DVD to Blu-ray, you can tell, but it's not it's not the same change as VHS to DVD was. In functionality, it's much as anything else. Because obviously DVD, yeah. you've got like chapter skip and... Yeah, and back then, most people, like most of our customers when I was working there, <clears throat> didn't have HDTVs. Exactly. So the Blu-ray yeah. was out, but most uh, LCD and plasma TVs were 720p. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the... There was something better, but it wasn't like till a few years later that really kicked in. But, and I, yeah. like personally, I don't know. I feel like the jump to 4K is the one that actually felt noticeable to me. But like I remember it wasn't so much this like Blu-ray jump. It was like at that time we got an HDTV, but it was just it looked so big to me. It turns out it's like really probably like a. 45 or like maybe 50 inch tv or something like it really wasn't that big but like that's still massive to be fair like by yeah 
by most people's standards, that is still massive. But I take the point. But you know what I mean. But it was in like a big living room. Do you know what I mean? Like I was just thinking, like, oh, this huge TV that we got. Uh, and also how much that was bezels the tech back in the day. So yes. ours we got a big TV, but like a third of the bigness was the sides <laughs> of the screens, not the screen itself. <laughs> oh God. All right. Well, that's a, that's a nice little memory lane. Um, our last little interview question. Um, what? Uh, the story behind your username, Tiamat. Where where does this come from? <laughs> that's that's a long story. Um, Good. Well, I'm back. Ready. Yeah, back in 19... Let's go back to maybe 1996, 97, 98. My uh, username that I was using back then, I will type it exactly as I was uh, using it back then, was like this. Uh, Bayard, Bayard, or whatever it was. So anyone who's listening, it's like Barnyard, but without the R-N. Exactly. The are capitalized. Well, this was from uh, some Dragonlance novels, actually. Okay. It was uh, like I was reading lots of those uh, D&D Dragonlance novels back then. And it was an inter- interesting character uh, by that name. So that was my username when I was using like ICQ and like all those earliest uh, messenger type of applications, softwares, whatever. Then in uh, 1998, 9, around that time, there was lots of um, websites uh, that did uh, VGM uh, MP3 file distribution, which, I mean, wasn't very legal, but uh, like VGM music was was very popular back then, and there was like no way to really easily import uh, those CDs. Uh, so there was like five or six mainstream MP3 uh, it basically just websites that were openly like distributing those mp3 files and you it was like nice ui and you've got the cover and then each track was a mp3 file it would just right click download and uh, me and some dudes were actually one of those sites uh hmm. which was called tiamat.net <laughs> <coughs> So obviously based on the video game, like uh, Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it started at that time that when the website uh, died or was taken down, actually, I, I don't know, I just kept the name. So it, it, it yeah. Nice. I've been using Tiamat since... 1999 2000 ish i can't remember the 911 though i have no idea what where that comes from it's like honestly i've like <laughs> i don't know i i can't remember that look it's probably some shit because you remember back in the early internet days where they would always just get you to put numbers after your name right like that was just such a thing like mine was from Neopets. <laughs> yeah i i actually yeah. think i was registering on a website like to create an account on some website or whatever. And then, you know, they ask you to choose a username and then you type in your name and it's like, it's already been taken. Yeah. Exactly. It's already been taken. Like here are some suggestions. So yes. like, like one, two, the numbers. And I think that's probably what happened. I just put nine one one and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been like 12, over 20 years now. 
And you can't change it's it never now, changed. right? It's it's established. No. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it's been 20 years. I've done a lot of things with it since. So, but but it, it did start with that tma.net website. Um, we were five or six guys, um, and each one of us was doing something different. So there was like one that was doing the the, the HTML code. One guy was doing the graphics. Uh, one guy was doing, I can't remember anyway. Like we each had something to do with the website. I was doing the music part, I think, like choosing which albums we were ah, like okay. sharing, sharing, quote unquote. <laughs> um, so, but it stuck. It, it, uh, but back then I was still using my old username on that website. Oh, okay. It's really when the site was taken down by, I think it was by the host, like the, 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 the whoever was hosting host, the website. Yeah. yeah. They just took us all down. They took like 10 websites within the same week because they realized we were all sharing like Final Fantasy soundtracks and stuff <laughs> like that. But yeah, you know, so I kept the name after that it, it, and it stuck for two, over 20 years but yeah i cannot change it anymore it's i can't that's how it is i mean your yeah. username is like more permanent than your name well i don't know maybe <laughs> we'll see that's how it feels for me <laughs> although you have a couple well, yeah but that that's 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 how you guys know me as i mean i've been around for so long now and it's interesting, even the difference. I think it was um friend of the podcast, Avatar, who was saying when he used to do like IRC relays, you'd have a different name each time. And it's just that when that shift happened, that was the one he was stuck with. Um, but yeah, like you say, nowadays, that's you pick one and that's kind of where you're at because that's how people um, know you. Did yeah, you well, brand. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't stop it. No. TM at TM. Trademark. You exert your quote unquote influence. Yeah. Well, more just be recognized by anyone. Be like, oh, I know you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, in lieu, when we have guests on, we're going to kind of reserve our beatens and retireds for next week but we'd love to hear because i know team you mentioned you haven't had a lot of time to play yeah for a while, so i'd love yeah. to hear what was the last game you beat <laughs> okay well let me see so yeah i haven't played anything in like a month well basically since my son uh started third grade uh it's been busier and i've been busy with work so uh time has been short for gaming so I haven't played anything since I'd say the last week of August or maybe the first week of September. So yeah, maybe a month, like, like nothing like except for, um, October 1st, which I played some Castlevania for like 20 minutes, just for fun to see how far I could make it from, you know, muscle memory, um, ended up beating like two thirds of the game uh in 25 minutes which isn't bad but yeah my real Not completion <laughs> yeah uh the last game i beat was a uh, real mist masterpiece edition i know that there's been talk about that game like everybody played it like in the past yeah. month or so uh it was very like it was the first time i actually played this one i used 
Okay. Uh, I used to own a copy of this back back in the day. I guess I don't have it anymore. Oh well. Uh, but yeah, I've had this game like a physical copy for like 20 years, never played it. And I was like, okay, that's it. And um, there was a Humble Bundle for Miss Games a few months ago. And for like $10, $12, it was like all five games uh, or something. Um, so yeah, and I played through the real Mist version, but I used the, uh, what they call the classic controls. So you basically play real mist, so, so like 3D environments, dynamic lightning, uh, you know, new textures, everything is moving. But when you turn on classic mode, uh, you still have the original um, slideshow or pictures, if you want. So you're not. I was about to say slideshow movement. Yeah. yeah. So you're not. You can't freely move around. You're limited to the original screens but when you let's say when you start by the docks and you click on that first uh, there was like a switch pedestal or something like right there if you click on it like in the original game your character will just like walk towards it so it's not a screenshot replaced by another screenshot there's movement I don't That's know if you understand what I mean. House. I do. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that because I think the it's, beauty of the original Mist is that they made those screenshots work. And I, I yeah. get including a classic mode, but yeah, I find it a little bit... There must be some quirks to playing it that way. Uh, well, actually, it was fine because... I, well, I preferred it that way because then you're. I feel like you're limited to what the content was back then. So... Like that piece of paper that's on the ground that we've been that you guys have talked about two or three weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, if you if you freely walk anywhere you want, you can miss it. But if you play it like with the original slideshow, you're on that you end up seeing it on the ground like rather easily. It's framed and, better. I take the point because yeah. you've got like a director's yeah. lens on it. Yeah, and those uh, screenshots from that version are exactly the same, same angle, same frame, same cropping as the originals. It's not different. It's just that when you click on something, it's not a new screenshot that replaces the other. It's like there is movement, and it's it's fast too. Like when you click forward, your character just walks at a fairly fast pace, but so there's movement. Uh, oh, okay, so it's not like a, a slideshow switch. It controls that way, but the motion is as though it was the normal 3D movement, but outside of your control. Yeah, you just click and it just moves. Oh, so you, okay. You, so, you, you, so you basically have the same screenshots, the same views, but in a dynamic environment, 3D, uh, better sound, uh, there's a night and day cycle and all that stuff. But instead of being fixed, uh, you just click and it, it just walks and then stops. And then you get the same screenshot. And you can press the, sh uh, the sh uh, shift button on your keyboard. And in, it will show you in a thumbnail in the middle of the screen what was the original one from the original game. Oh, cool. So you can just press a button and, and see what it was back in 1993, just for fun. Oh, I can't believe that's when it was first came out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no. It's an old game, for sure. It's so, like almost the 30th anniversary. 
Yeah, so so I, I really hesitated between like missed masterpiece edition and real missed masterpiece edition because I wanted to get as close as possible to the original game, but real missed with the classic controls turned on gave me the better version with the classic gameplay. And yeah. Nice. So that was my latest completion. So that was good. Uh, just before that one, I completed uh, to the first Bucks Boy game. Great game. Yes, it was Excellent fun. Game. Yeah, I yep. can't. Re I did not go through the bonus levels, so I only beat uh, the the seventeen worlds. I mm -hmm. uh, got all the crowns, so it was a hundred percent completion of the main game, if you want to. But yeah, it was very very good and fun. Um. Before that, I completed uh, Kirby's uh, Epic Yarn. Also a uh, great game. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, this one also completed almost 100%. The only thing I did not do was those... Um, for those who've played the game, you can uh, you have this kind of hotel with like you build rooms and then you have like small characters that go live in them and they give you like mini games to play which is like, oh, play this level within two minutes or find something or get whatever amount of gems and time limit, whatever. So I, I skipped this. Uh, then How long ago was that completion, just as a matter of curiosity? Uh, August 10. <laughs> Actually, I completed five games in August. Okay, so September was like the dry period, but August yeah. was gaming. Okay. Uh, um, before that one, there was a trash quest. Uh, oh. That... Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard about that one. I, I talked about it on, it on the Discord. I literally beat it this week. I, uh, yeah, yeah there you go. It <laughs> okay. you know it, it's actually, it it's really short, but it's lovely. Yeah, it's actually very fun. It's it's basically like a classic Metroidvania uh, with a single uh, respawn point. So whenever you die, you just respawn at the same place, which is uh, pretty much in the center of the map. Mm-hmm. And it's really classic, like 2D, uh, kind of monochrome-ish uh, graphics. One-bit color palette sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, music is very fun. Controls are extremely good. Well, for me, they were. Um, there was a few like platforming challenges, kind of like like not as hard as Celeste, but like there was a few platforming places where. It's kind of hard because you got to play with your double jump, triple jump, your jetpack, and there's like stuff to do. But yeah, it was fun. It was a pretty short game too. It was, uh, let me see, beat that one in two and a half hours. Uh, the game is clearly built for speed running. Like right on the home screen, it's giving you times. If you're not connecting online, it's trying to connect online to pull those times to you. Um, I think my playthrough took about an hour and that was like one side room I missed, otherwise it was 100%. But the, the fastest 70% time is seven or eight minutes. Um, it can That's crazy, be done though. really quickly. Yeah, it's mad. I mean, you'd, you'd have to really memorize the layout and be able to like run the critical path with a minimum of mistakes, almost none. I don't know if the time's glitched even, but there are definitely ways you can run that game quicker. And I know... As good as the game is, quite a few times I got lost and got turned around on the map 
Um, there are places where had I known the layout or, or run it once before, it would have been a lot quicker to run. So there's definitely efficiencies to be made there. Um, yeah. Should say we we did have a little technical hiccup while we're in the middle of that. Uh, Tiamat told me that there's a, a DLC that's included. So um, <laughs> although I've beaten Trash Quest, I'm going to be playing Trash Quest again once we finish recording. Um, so that's good to know. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I can't remember if I said before or not. Game regularly goes on sale for like ninety percent off. If you have a Switch or Steam, it's well worth checking out at that price point. I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe your last one. If you're in Chile or Latin America in general, in Steam you can get it like for two bucks anytime, which is nice. Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, maybe one last completion would be um, a recommendation. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Might and Magic, Clash of Heroes. Yes, of course. You got yeah. like obsessed with that game, which everybody yeah. does because it's an obsessive game. It is. I mean, it's extremely well done. It's well written. It's simple, though. I mean, the, the dialogues and the stories is very simple. Um, but it's a lot of fun. The fact that you play through like five mini campaigns, but in a continuous story is very fun. And just the battles are pretty much like a glorified Tetris. Or <laughs> I mean, it's it's like it, it the battles are puzzles it's dynamic puzzles because you've got your enemy positions and then you have to stack them with the same colors and the same type of enemies and if you can create combos to make them stronger but then the enemy will do that as well and the ai is actually very good yeah rick agrees i was surprised the ai will see you coming two turns before you do something you you check their screen. You're like, okay, I'm gonna put like an archer here. This dragon there is gonna charge for two turns. These guys will charge for one turn, and then it's the enemy's turn. It will just like fuck it up. It will play. Last campaign especially, they can hand your ass to you just out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, and the very last boss uh, took me like ten hours to beat. I mean, yeah. I reached the end. I reached the end of the game within like thirty hours. But it took me almost 15 hours to beat the last sequence of the game because, yeah, you've got like special powers. The last boss is very hard. You got to find strategies. So you have to try with one power, doesn't work with another power. And then until you try something that works, and there was no way I would let it down. I mean, once you spend like 35 hours, 40 hours on a game, and you're literally at the last boss. It's like I had to complete the game, so which I did within a few days. It's for for anyone who's listening, like this game is a, a unearthly combination of turn-based strategy, match puzzling, and Hearthstone. Like you take it in turns wow. to match people together on your side, and it's DS. So like the top screen is your opponent, the bottom screen is you, um, and when you match characters together, uh, you create attacks which then if you can breach the back wall of your enemy's defense, then hit their life point, and that's sort of the Hearthstone element, and it's whoever can clear it out first. Nice. Um, I think it has a Steam port that's not as good. Like I would always recommend seeting out a DS copy or emulating it if you can. Uh, yeah. Tiamat's got his hand. Mine is bouncing around somewhere. I'm not I'm not going to try and find it because I'll be here all afternoon. My room's a bit of a clutch yeah, at the moment. Well, um, I looked it up <laughs> on Steam. Um, it, the Steam port, from what I could see online... L- 
is the same game, but like overhauled in HD. Yeah. Sorry, it, but it doesn't look the same. Yeah, but it, the 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 pixel art is so cute in that game. It it's very cute. It's very nice. It's cartoony. But the Steam port is in HD, but they they redid the graphics with something completely different. It doesn't look the same at all. It's visually doesn't look as good to me, but I'm sure it's a good way to play the game. Well, I don't know about now, but I know at launch it was quite buggy because um, I looked at replaying the game. I loved the game so much and I, I elected to leave it just because of the way that that port got received. Um, it, it's worth reiterating, like the core loop is just so perfectly tuned. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of the puzzle games up there actually with Box Boy and a couple of others where it's been good to the point that I've dreamed about it. My dreams have been me filling in those puzzles. <laughs> um, I, anyone who's got an emulator or a, you know an original console to hand, my Magic Clash of Heroes is one that you should absolutely be checking out. It is a stone-cold 10 out of 10 classic. Yes, um, no, I agree 100%. It's very, very good. There you Perfect. go. Yeah. So, yeah, these are like all my completions for the last, well since uh late uh, july august july yeah i could go down again but i don't know it's <laughs> not really worth it uh so basically my main game now is uh assassin's creed 4 okay. uh oh, i've uh, been that'll lend us yeah. right into our planes there give her a little segue <laughs> yeah but i haven't touched it in a month um well, because of time issues but i played it for like 10 hours ish so far uh, it's fine. It's not my favorite Assassin's Creed game so far, though, but don't really like the main character of the game. Is that uh, the American Revolution one, or is that three? This is, that's three. This is Black Flag. I'm talking about that Black Flag. Oh, the pirate one. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a fan so far. It's it's fine, uh, but it's never, like, it's, it's for me, it's, it's never as good as the Assassin's Creed 2 trilogy if you want yeah have you gotten to like the sea battles and stuff yet yeah okay oh yeah yeah that i'm not sure my it, favorite, it, it, but there's also the kind of fog of like it was the like the first ps4 game i played and i was like ah <laughs> yeah well it's extremely well made but i don't know they that it's it's like they they made it so mandatory to make so many battles to get mm. materials for upgrades and stuff and I don't know, I never feel like I can battle one ship. It's like you you sail in everything and say, oh, this ship has like iron and gold right. and I need iron. And then there's like, you start attacking that ship and there's like four of them that just turn around and stop like, <laughs> like ramming you crazy. And you're like, ah, getting shut from all directions. I don't know. It's, it's I, I prefer the parkour. The, like on foot it's certainly but, a different element than the earlier assassin's creed yes. that's for sure <laughs> yeah so i i've been stuck on that one not because i don't like it but you know time time issues but that would be my current game nice yeah. well paolo why don't you tell us what are you playing yeah she's been like <laughs> quite silent sorry <laughs> <laughs> i've been quite silent but i wasn't sure what to add i was just like um receiving all the stories from jamat because i was just vibing especially when you were talking about older games i was just like what a nice um class of on the history of the games 
So, sorry. Uh, one of these uh, one of these games was quite unexpected for me because I was just like waiting at university for my uh, for the time I had to take a test, and a friend of mine was like, "Hey, why don't we go to the um, salita that is like a like a, a study room that we have on the um, engineering computer department. And there, there were a lot of consoles. Like, I don't know what's going on with the students there, but they kind of like bring their consoles for everyone like to, to play and they share consoles over there. And there was a PS2 with the Guitar Hero. So I have the pleasure to play Hell Guitar yeah. Hero, the original one on a PS2 with the Guitar, uh, guitar Controller. And that was quite fun. They actually had a GameCube and a PS3 and a Switch and an Xbox. I don't know which one, but there was an Xbox over there. So maybe I'll just drop by over there and play some Guitar Hero from now on because I didn't even know that uh, that particular uh, room was there. That's dope. Because I got, yeah, uh, it was amazing. It was fun. The controller was quite old, so you have to really like press the buttons for it to work. <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun. I bet those buttons are sticky. Um, yeah, they get they get so busted after a while. <laughs> yeah, they, they they kind of get like squishy. I don't squishy, know. Squishy, yeah. Uh, squishy, yeah. It's often because of um, honestly, I think it's just shit gets in them. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, I don't know, like, how many people have to use that guitar, and I don't want to know. Cheetos and Mountain Dew. Yes, exactly. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The gamer's diet. <laughs> yep. The other game that I've been playing, besides playing a shit ton of TCG, um, is Guardian Tales. Because, holy crap, this game just saved my gaming uh, routine, because... Things happen, and the only thing that I had time to play was Guardian Tales at this point. And I went along in the story, and I'm quite pleased on how the story has been written. Right now, I'm on a kind of like a third map on, on the game, and I had to go through a stealth mission, which I which I usually hate, and I'm not gonna lie, I still had a, a, a rough time with this one, but I feel like it was like well-planned on how you can move stuff to make the guards not notice you. And I'm honestly surprised on how well-designed the game is, especially for a mobile game. And you actually get, <laughs> you actually get a hookshot, so, the amount of puzzles that use the hookshot in creative ways are are like up the up the roof. Like you usually have to just like fly around the the room with the hookshot, but there's like extra platforms like the ones from Link's, Link's Awakening that makes you like jump a level, but this one send you across the room. And uh, you have to you have like these speed platforms that you pass over like uh, uh, some sort of switch and you just dash through the room and you have to combine that with the bombs that you can find that are totally not bomb flowers from uh, from Zelda. The bomb flowers. They work totally exactly different. like. <laughs> yeah. 
they work exactly the same as in Zelda. <laughs> you just grab a bomb after the, the bomb explodes, there's another bomb over there. If it ain't there's broke. There's a lot of selling, <laughs> to be honest. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, yeah. And I don't know, there's, it is just fun. And it has some really heartbreaking moments, which surprised me because it was like very slowly up until shit went down the great the the drain, and oh my god, I cannot spoil this because people should really be checking this one out, especially if they are like into mobile games. Like this one is the one that you should be playing if you like playing on your phone. Like out of all the gachas out there. You should be playing this one because it's the better design one. Like, and it is just plain fun. Speaking of the gacha element, um, I've been trying to, hopefully, I have been trying to get one particular character, which bringing back the topic of different translations, we uh, nicknamed him the Amo Bonito or like the pretty lord or pretty master. Because he looks exactly, or like, not exactly, but he is like reminiscent of Seshomaru on the Inuyasha anime. And the thing about uh, Seshomaru is that he's called Seshomaru-sama by his uh, underling on the Japanese version. He's called Master Seshomaru in the English stuff. I think he's called Amo Seshomaru, that is pretty much like Master Seshomaru on the Spain, in the Spain-Spanish version. And he's just called the Amo Bonito, or the Pretty Master, or the Pretty Lord on the Latin American dub. And he's such an icon that I think they reference it back in the, in the original uh, release, Japanese release of the sequel to Inuyasha. And sorry. That was quite a tangent just to say that I'm trying to get the Amo Bonito or like the, <laughs> the character without the Amo Bonito Guardian Tales. Listen, Paolo, you've been listening um, most of the podcast. You can go on all the tangents you want. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And so far, no luck, but there's we are currently in the banner for him. So I'm trying to get the character because he's actually like quite a good character and will vibe very well with my current team for the story of the game. And the other thing that I unlocked, besides the like four world, I think how much? Yeah, the four world of the game. I've also unlocked the Colosseum. Um, the thing about the Colosseum is that is it, it is like an auto battler where you put your characters in like uh in a grid. So you can define like, okay, these characters will go in the front line, these characters go like in the in the, in the back lines, like this one goes in the middle, etc. And the thing about it is that you just um build your team and you just um like throw them at another player and then you just wait to see which, uh, which one wins. And I was doing quite well until I wasn't like I. I ran into like some very um, veteran expert players, and I wasn't having a good time anymore. So I'm still trying to uh, play it so I get like the um, the limitations done, but I also get like the um, 
the gems that they give you like at the end of the of the banner because uh, again this game gives you a lot of gems that you use to summon characters and of course i'm just gonna get the ammo bonito and i want those gems and i'm doing actually pretty good because i'm silver one right now i didn't get to silver one even like in nature for fire so i'm pretty i'm pretty proud of that and the other aspect of the game that I'm yet to unlock, but I'm really looking forward to, is the arena, which is different to the Colosseum in the sense that this one is a actual fight between the players and not like just throwing your units against uh, one another. You, you actively play the game and try to defeat the other player. And I really want to get to that one because it looks hella fun. And what else have this I been doing Garden Hills like It just will take you over if you're not careful. <laughs> it is true. Though I have to say, it is very funny. It has like a limit on stamina that you can use. Like I need to recharge over time. But they still give you a lot of free stamina like twice a day. Even, so you still get a lot of play. They give you it's like going to be a few months. Uh, 50 dollars $50 was a perfectly reasonable price to pay for the amount that of whatever it is that I got. <laughs> it's, it's such a fair gacha. It's totally fine, honestly. Uh, I'm, I've sworn myself to not ever play, ever pay for the gacha. Okay. For this gacha in particular, because I <laughs> did put like five bucks on Genshin Impact, and since it was like, okay, I got to this point of the game and I'm not playing it, and it feels like. I know it's a sunken fallacy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I really don't want to like just spend money on something and just drop it forever. Yeah. Because well, money is limited, and if I can play for free, why would I ever, ever uh, why would I pay? Well, I you're on the record that, now, Paula. <laughs> yes, I could just use those five bucks to to pay for um trash quest and another small game and just have fun like that and just. Have these no pay, um, no pay like um heaven that is is um this game over here, which mm. I totally forget the name of Garden Tales. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I think that tangent is over unless <laughs> card games count, which I think they do not. <laughs> mm. If you're, Sadly. unless there's anything else you want to add, I think I've got a nice segue though uh, into what yeah, I've been playing. Ahead. Well, because... you did, and then you said you had a nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> Premium games on on mobile still exist, and some of them are actually quite good, including one that I started playing this week called Evoland. Um, I paid Ooh, I on, have that on Switch. I paid sixty pence for the mobile version of this. Um, it's a little RPG thing. Um, the conceit is you are playing through the history of games. And so, like, your character's on a static plane and they can only walk left and they open a chest and it gives them the ability to walk right. And then they go right and there's another chest. And then, like, they get... So you're, you're acquiring all these abilities that, like, map to gaming innovations over the years. Cool. Um, it's fun. It's relatively basic. And I'm only an hour in, but already I'm sort of seeing points where the the game is in service to the gimmick rather than the gimmick being in service to the game which is the way around i think it ought to be um 
for the price I paid, it's it's good fun. It's very straightforward. It's not too taxing. Um, the art's quite charming, and some of the flavor text and the little things that they tag into it are quite clever. So I'm pretty warm on this, particularly for how little I paid for it. Um, in terms of other things, I'm still technically playing The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past, although I have made no further progress. Um, and that's because I've been I've been playing other things a little bit more. Um, I've made a bit more um, headway in Luigi's Mansion 2. Um, I'm on minor spoiler the third mansion in that game. Um, I do find myself having to play it a little bit in bursts, just because um, in a way that the original kind of didn't. There's an element of repetition and sameness that I can feel mm. creeping in um, to the sequel. It's still a really good game. It's still a lot of fun. I'm still um, enjoying the core mechanics and all the things that it's asking me to do with them. Um, I'm just not quite as hot on it. Um, it's worth saying, for, for an early 3DS title, this game looks excellent. Makes really good use of the 3D. The environments are, are surprisingly detailed and, and well-realized. Um, and although you do sort of still feel the limitations of no second analog stick, I do feel that they make a much better use of all the setup that they have um, than the port of the original made on the 3DS, um, as much fun as I had with that one. Um, I do have to say, looking back now and, and seeing how I feel with this one, I think six or seven hours is probably the sweet spot for a Luigi's Mansion experience. And... Um, According to a little website I came across called How Long to Beat, which does sort of track user times about these kinds of games, it says about 10, 11 hours, which I, I think by the time I hit 10, and, and you'll be able to tell me, Alex, because you've already played it, I think by the time I hit 10 hours, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit overdone with it, really. God, I can't remember what my experience was like with 2. I enjoyed it. I just don't remember. Yeah. It was so long ago now. <laughs> 3 was... And, and to be clear, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. It's like a 7 or 8 where you focus on the flaws, even though, like, most yeah. of the things the game does, it does right to very well. Um, it's a very competent game. I think that's how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> well, I own it. I, I, I'll need to get to it eventually because I really like the first one. Um, and if you like the first one, the second one is more of the same for better and for worse. Um, yeah. It's definitely not as focused an experience because they spread it across different environments in a way that the original didn't. Um, but mechanically, it's very, very similar. Yeah, um, okay. Well, my son has been playing the third one. Um, Her good things, yeah. Yeah, we got it at the uh, the library actually, because at the the library here we can get video games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for free, uh, just like we can borrow books. So it's, we got the public library, and they have like Switch games and stuff. Um, I think he went through like half of the game um it, it it's amazing i've watched him play at least the two hours like like spread across like two weeks and based on what i've seen in the first game i've played the ds the 3ds port of the first one it's it's miles beyond like what they did in the first one mm. it's it's amazing it looks beautiful uh it looks a lot of fun there's like puzzles uh the bus fights are like very clever um so yeah it's it's uh what yeah free games library yeah <laughs> they, they have lots of them actually they have the, last time I, I i checked they had like 80s and like final fantasy 
10, 10, 2 remastered. Uh, they have a bunch of games, which like my son is playing um, Bowser's Fury right now, which we got at the library too. So yeah, it's hey, a big so you can use it. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people don't know about it, but same thing here. Yeah, like I know in Edmonton, tons of games at our local library. It's like go grab it. Yeah, <laughs> we can keep them up to a month. It's not bad. Not bad yeah. at all. Yeah. Not bad, uh, so, For me, I'm, uh, I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we borrowed a couple of, uh, of Wii U games too, and some Wii games. Now it's playing like some kind of, what is it called? It's like Blue Flag. Uh, it's like Theme Park or something. Six Flags. Yeah, Six Flags. Yeah. yeah. It's playing that. So it's, it looks I've like Theme Park, that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one, kids uh, stuff. one final. Oh, sorry, go on. Uh, one final really quick bit on Luigi's Mansion 2. It's level-based now, which the original wasn't. Really suits the handheld. And also just in terms of fatigue with the sit with the setup, really easy to pick up and put down because it's like 15, 20-minute levels. I think that works really well in its favor. It's worth saying. Uh, yeah, and there's one and two. TMAT's found them on his magical <laughs> shelf. Yeah. Which I'm very jealous of. You're, you're much easier within reach of your games than I am. I've got boxes <laughs> to dig through and like shelves across two floors. Yeah, my stuff thing. is all like sorted and stuff. So mm. yeah, that's a lesson to lesson to learn from, I think. A um, couple more quick ones. Um, I started a game called Jack Move, um, which we talked about because we played the next fest demo. Uh, I'm an hour in and, and so far the full game lives up to the demo. Nice. Uh, it's a really nice little RPG. The music slaps. The music is so good. Um, and the pixel art is is pretty close in quality as well um looks like quite a short one which okay. i'm on the record as being a massive fan of cosmic star heroin knowing how long to pitch itself as a, a little rpg sort of thing and so far jack moves shaping up to be really really strong in a very similar way um have to say particularly nice is the cyberpunk aesthetic um it's like a slightly more um what's the word i'm looking for not airbrushed, sanitized. It's a slightly more sanitized cyberpunk dystopia, but it's very sort of true to that genre. Um, and the way that the abilities and the terminology are all set up is very true to that as well. Um, gives it a novel feel along with all the other little things that it's doing. Um, some minor quirks in what is otherwise a relatively straightforward um, single character turn-based uh, combat system. I really like this one. I really, really like this one. And I'm, I'm so glad that Next Fest exists because it turned me onto a game that I might otherwise have completely missed. And uh, mm -hmm. a slight foreshadowing, um, as of the time of recording, there's a Next Fest on. So, hey, maybe we'll be talking about some of those games in the not too distant future. Uh, um, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> not me. <laughs> um, I started Guacamelee 2 um, on PS4. It's more Guacamelee. I love the story setup. Um, it, it, starts with you replaying a very very easy version of the final battle from the first game um saving the day all of that and then it cuts to your character like 10 years on with a proper pot belly in his little trophy room and his kid comes down and like papi are you looking at your trophies again <laughs> <laughs> and like that idea of like reclaiming past glory it's such a clever setup for what could have been a very um formulaic like let's do it again sort of thing so initial signs very very positive for that but again only just really started it um and finally i'm playing have almost finished immortality nice the latest sambalo vehicle 
oh, I have lots of thoughts on this and I can't share most of them because they're kind of spoilery. Yeah, it's hard to talk about this game without spoiling it. It's <laughs> so hard. Crowley, you need to play this and then we can do a spoiler cast. It's on Game Pass. It's like five or six hours. I desperately just want to dig into this. I, the bits I can talk about, by contrast to Barlow's previous games, Her Story and Telling Lies, this game uses a match cut system. Um, so you, you pick an object or a character um, in the scene and the, the system will jump you to a different clip that has um, a shape alike or the same character, um, those kinds of things. It's more and less limiting at the same time. I actually, I, I get why they've used it this time. I've get, I get why they needed to do it that way this time. And I also like, without giving too much away, how it makes you more aware of some of the thematic um, through lines and some of the um, imagery and symbolism that, that Barlow is very meticulously included in all these clips. I don't think it's as functional and I think it's way easier as opposed to the word system just to mash your way through and, and get a fair way through that really getting what's going on. Oh, um, I 100% did that. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it's only afterwards when I'd like, because I've rolled credits, I'm still getting the last clip. So like, yeah. I think I understand all the story and I think I understand all of the moving parts within it um, to the extent that you can. Um it's only when I read some people's sort of look backs on it and their opinions on it that they talked about things and I was like, oh, no, that's there. I just totally missed that. And yeah. I think that the, the word system was much better at making you conscious of what patterns you were looking for. Um, I think I like this story the most of any that Barlow's told. If anything, it maybe falls just behind her story, maybe just because that was a much more... Um, more concise story, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was a more clear story as well. Even though you had to do some picking apart, there was a very obvious, this is what happened. And it's not necessarily that you need to have resolution, but I think it's easy to get lost in the weeds with this one. Um, it's also worth saying I'm still processing the story, and I think I'll probably probably know better how I feel about it in a week's time once I've passed all of it. Because as, as a technical achievement, this is remarkable, whatever you think of the game itself. There's like three movies worth of clips in here, all of which yeah. have had to be shot well, as like movies in their own right. Pardon? There's almost like four movies. There's a lot of movies in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Like three and a half, let's yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, the, the directing is such that you've directed an actor to act as the actor acting as another character and then potentially other layers beyond that. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it's a real feat that it is coherent at all. I kind of think this goes beyond the limits of the, oh, here's this cache of footage. Um, have fun. I, I think this really shows the limitations of that setup. Um, I still think it works. I still think it's incredible and i'm really pleased that this is a game either through netflix or through game pass people can experience with no investment because i think to try something out like this that is crucial um it, it's such a description defying piece of media that 
allowing people to just go in and try it is paramount nice. um, outside of our little circles. I just don't know. I, I think Save it's it a for little next bit. Time. <laughs> yeah. Next time, yeah. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I'll hopefully be more coherent myself then once I've processed it all because it yeah, is very fresh. You need like, to process I wrote it. credits this morning. <laughs> okay, you need to process it. Yeah, because I, yeah. I, I've, I've been there. I know, I, I beat this one too, so I hate <laughs> Let's let's save you for that one. I'm going to jump in here quick with, I don't actually have a ton to say about all these, but I, I'm actually playing Ace Attorney Investigations 2 Prosecutor's Path again. I beat the second I that case. One before. I'm in the third case now. <laughs> I'm about halfway through the third case. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it. Like, it's fun. Oh, you know what it is? It's I'm back in like, uh, you know, Grand Prairie at this point. So I've just been kind of chilling out, reading a little bit more. It's like more of an area where I can just chill because I can't do my substitute teaching right now. So I'm just here chilling. <laughs> um, I beat that. I not beat that. I'm playing it. Um, I also started playing In Death Unchained again on my Oculus Quest. This is such a cool game. Like it's a kind of like it's a roguelite essentially like bow and arrow roguelite where you like you go into this um you're in like like paradise or, or hell or whatever like it's this kind of afterlife and you fight these like there's like you know knights templar and there's these ghosts and like zombies and all this stuff and you have bow and arrow and you can also use a crossbow the crossbow is nuts that thing is just like because it's so fast to use um but i find the bow way more fun and so you basically go through and you're just trying to like get to the end and fight these bosses or a bunch of different types of arrows that you can get and i have to say i really really like this one because the sense of progression in it is excellent they have so many things that they're tracking as you play so many things that you kill um like i went through and i unlocked a whole bunch of new stuff and it like unlocked new things for me to get in my runs and I, I'm like, sometimes that kind of bothers me a little bit. Like, you know, in some games, it's like, okay, well, why are you blocking off this mechanic from me? But in this one, I actually do enjoy it because it forced me to use other power-ups first and get kind of used to them before giving me what would end up being like the one that I would just always go for. You know what I mean? Like you, you play a game and you're like, well, that's the most powerful one. So why would I ever use anything else? And it's like, in that sense, I'm kind of like, well, now in a lot of ways, it's like, well, why do you even have to make the other ones? Because no one wants to use them, you know? And so um, doing it this way felt like, okay, before I got the like, you know, I got like a heat seeking, exploding arrow. And I'm like, well, that's the one, you know? <laughs> like, I'm like, if there's ever a weapon I'm going to use, that's it. But I had to kind of do something to unlock that in my runs. Um, it's really fun. It's so good in VR. And like, this is one of the few VR games where there is manual walking. But you can also just shoot an arrow to teleport. And that is like a mechanic that they're like, no, 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 you got to do this. Because there are moments where you can like, I've gotten really good at shooting it and like teleporting on top of a building and just sniping and then going through. And like, it's really fun. It feels um, superbly designed for VR. Uh, and when you don't have that freaking, you know, no wires or anything on you and you're just running around, oh, dude, it is a blast. <laughs> Um, so I highly recommend this to anyone who has a VR, uh, VR headset because it's not just on Oculus. There's um, a version for PC VR as well, but it's not like, you know, this one's called Unchained because, you know, no wires. <laughs> mm. um, another one that I started playing that is maybe a little more random. I started playing Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin on the Switch. Uh, this is This is awesome. So I've never played the first Monster Hunter Stories and I never will. Um, I hear it's good, but I'm not going to go play it. It's on the 3DS. This one apparently kind of fixes the shit from that one. That was like a little, uh, um, I don't even know if it connects to the first one. It might, 
They keep talking about some, like, grandpa who maybe was the protagonist of the first game. I don't know. I haven't researched it. Don't really want to find out. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, it might be. Who knows? It's kind of fun playing it this way because I love... If that is the character from the first game, then I love what they've done here because um, you never really knew that person. So um, there's this kind of, like, mystique of, like, who is that person? But if you had played the first game, then you might be like, I know them. And, and like, it might be callbacks, um, which I think is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant way of doing it because if you're brand new to the series, like I am, I feel like I'm not missing anything, you know, because they're properly explaining it. But then I also don't feel like they're over explaining things from the first. Uh, it's a turn-based um, monster catching RPG. Um, it, like it's... C- I think people compare this to Pokemon a lot, but I don't think that's a good comparison at all because it's really not like Pokemon. Um, it is Monster Hunter as an RPG. And that's why I think I love it because Monster Hunter is, it's incredible. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just, that's a game where you have to decide like, okay, I'm going to learn how this game works. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it takes a long time to get good at that game. And I just did not have the time for it. Like I played through... A fair bit of Monster Hunter Rise, but then once it started to get to the point where it was like genuinely getting complicated and it's like, okay, now you have to actually really plan out your hunts. I was like, oh, okay, I'm done. Um, couldn't do it anymore. But this one to, is, to be, yeah. I was just saying, to be clear, did you say it's a turn-based, so it's not like a cutesy version of regular Monster Hunter? No, that was my impression. Turn-based. No, no, no. It's, oh, not, it's, it's not cutesy oh. at all, honestly. It's exactly like Monster Hunter. Like the, the, char- the monsters all look the same. Um, it's just that basically you you have a monsty with you. The idea is that you're from an island where they're monster riders. They're not really hunters. Um, and so you essentially, the way it kind of works is that you always have a monster who fights with you, right? Uh, and you don't actually mm-hmm. control that monster. Um, that monster decides for itself what it's going to do. You can You can occasionally influence them, but not really. Um, there's like a rock, paper, scissors mechanic that goes through this for fights. Uh, there's like strong, technical, and agile attacks. Like it's basically red, green, blue. And the way it, it's, it's actually kind of interesting. So you have your own and you have like the Monster Hunter weapons. So you'll have, because you fight as well. So you'll have swords. Uh, there's basically swords, bows, uh, hammers, and then variations within each of those, right? Because there could be long, big, like all the Monster Hunter weapons are in there, but they 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 break them into three overarching categories. And so mm-hmm. when you're fighting a monster, the monster will be weak to one, two, maybe all of those weapons. And so you kind of have to figure out which ones they're weak to. And they'll also do attacks at you. And the thing is, they're attacking you directly. If they're attacking you, say, with a technical attack, uh, which would be the green, if you use a, bl- a blue, you're going to lose to that uh, fight. Now, if you use a red, you're going to win, and so you won't take damage, and you'll damage the enemy instead. So you have to learn, like, okay. what kind of attacks does this monster use? Because monsters tend to favor an attack. But then sometimes they'll switch things up, right? Like, they might have, um, they might get angry in a fight, and suddenly their attacks are different. So it just kind of depends um, on the monster. And so you kind of have to learn what they're interested in. But they have good UI as well to show you. Like, once you've learned about the monster, you, you will see, like, what, what things are, what they're weak to and stuff. And then bigger monsters, you can attack different parts of their body, right? And then you can break them like you do in Monster Hunter proper. Um, and so a lot of those mechanics have come bent down to it. It's just more streamlined um, in a way that is, to me, very accessible. And I feel like this Monster Hunter stories, to me, feels like, do you like the world of Monster Hunter 
but don't got the time to play Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Stories. <laughs> and it's like, it's great and it's really fun. And you basically like, you you have like an overworld that looks like, it's pretty big too, like Monster Hunter. Um, and as you go through, you'll fight monsters. You'll see them roaming around um, and you can get into fights with them. Uh, sometimes they will retreat into these dens. And so you enter dens and then they have eggs at the end. And so basically you, you get these eggs, you steal eggs from them. And like, it's funny, the stinkier and heavier an egg is, uh, the more rare the egg is apparently. And like yeah. that means you get like special bonuses from that monster um, when you open up like a more attack or something. Uh, because you can hatch them in like a, a bestiary, basically like a stables. Um, so it's like zero, same great monster, zero hunting. Yeah, although you are hunting them, kind of is the thing, because you're you you hunt. You, well, actually, no, you are hunting the animals <laughs> because there's some okay. going. There's something going on with with a big like Rathalos, I think, from your island. There's something wrong with it, and so you're off. So like, diet monster hunter. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just turn-based monster hunter. That's really what it is. Sure. It's turn-based mon- where the monsters fight with you. Um, okay, it's really good. I would say, like, if you had to compare it to Pokemon, it's leagues better than the Pokemon games that are out right now. Its story is not anything really to write home about, but it's a coherent story. So I gotta give it that. You know, like it, it's it's actually moving me forward in the game, which is a lot more than I can say about Pokemon games these days. Uh, which is fine. You know, Pokemon's got its own thing going on. Uh, although Arceus was pretty good. Maybe I could compare it to Ar- Arceus a little bit, actually. Th- those are the two that have the most similar vibes. Though, man, Capcom is way more technically um, adept at games. Because <laughs> the draw distance of this is very yep. good. It's wide open fields where, like, monsters are walking around all the time. Like, everywhere is an open area, right? With, like, monsters going about their business uh, and stuff. So, anyway, I really like it. It's a perfect game to play while chilling. I've been watching a lot of horror movies this month because, uh, you know, it's good old October. And so I've just been watching horror movies while playing Monster Hunter. It's a very strange... Uh, combination combination i will say like blood and guts on the screen then i'm like oh where are my monsties um but you know <laughs> to each his own <laughs> uh so anyway that's that's monster hunter uh the last one i've been playing is a special one that is very close to my heart uh, i've been playing the lord of the rings the third age on uh on, well emulated on G- uh, gamecube with um, my good old uh, gamecube control on my pc here and oh also i found an hd texture pack for this Mwah, very good. The it, there's a little bit of jank here and there with the texture pack. Like I, I think it was AI upscaled, and it looks it looks really great. Once in a while, there might be like a little tiny jittering on some like cutscenes uh, where like a texture might like very minutely jitter a tiny bit. But I also can't tell if that was from the game itself or if it's from the texture pack. Uh, the game was well made, but it's it's an older game. I think it's like 2004 or something like that. It, it was a while ago. <laughs> um, actually, that might be too No? I, I don't know. I'll look it up later. Um, it, but anyway, this game, I had this on my GameCube back in the day. It's a turn-based RPG for Lord of the Rings, but you're playing as basically a group of characters who are like, who are basically in parallel with the Fellowship. So like you have like, you start off, your main kind of guy is Barathor, and he's like a Gondorian soldier who came with Boromir, I think, to the Council of Elrond. And then you meet Idril, who's like an elf, and then you've got, like, there's like two other characters that you'll meet quickly afterwards. Um, there's like a ranger, there's a dwarf, and there's more characters, I think, who come later. 
Um, and uh, sometimes you'll team up with the fellowship. It depends. Uh, it's very final fantasy 10 inspired in terms of his battle system. And it's battle system is actually really good. It's like, it's a really good RPG. And it, it, it's odd because I think when you think of like a Lord of the Rings game or you think of like a, you know, licensed game, it's like, I don't know, but like this game was awesome. And it, there's no frills on it at all. Like it's a solid, I think like 20 hours or so, but the way it works is that you're in kind of like maybe Final Fantasy 13-ish type areas where it's like they're fairly linear um, locations that you'll go through with a little bit of exploring to do. Um, And in each of the battles, you essentially, um, well, you've got like a couple different skills. Each character will have like two types of skill moves um, so to give you an example, like the, the Barathor, the Gondorian, he'll have like sword craft and then he'll have leadership skills and his leadership skills are like buffs for the party. Um, what's interesting though, is that the level up system in this is aggressive. You level up real fucking fast. Like I'm apparently 17% of the way through the game and I'm at like level 30 or something with all my characters already just from playing the fights. I don't think you can run away from fights either. They're like, no motherfucker, you're fighting. Um, so maybe you can with some, but from what I was, I tried to look to see if you could, and I was like, I don't see an option. I think you got to fight everybody. Um, which I actually find good. It's like, what, what's the point of buying this game if you're not going to do that? And they don't spam you with, with random encounters. That's a big important thing. Um, but okay. So your level up, it levels up your skills, like your stats, but it doesn't level up your moves. So you don't get new moves when you level up. The way you get new moves is by actually using moves in the abilities that you want and you can actually select you can see all the moves that you will unlock in the game and you can select which moves you want to progress towards now obviously you can't pick the last move right away but like say you unlock like you have a skill tree that looks like like you have one skill at the top and then it branches out to two rows right when you unlock one skill in that row you now have access to three skills surrounding it and you can choose whichever one you want to build towards and it's a really cool skill system because it actually ends up rewarding you based on the play style that you decide on. So you're like, okay, well, I think I want to go and do this one here. And like, I'm going to use more sword craft and it discourages you from just constantly attacking. So it really makes you use your action points, which is like your kind of mana sort of thing. And with the aggressive level up system, you're never too far away from fully having more action points again to play with. So it, it feels really smartly designed. And to that point though, Young Alex, <laughs> the little child, did not understand how this game worked. Had <laughs> never played an RPG before, like a turn-based one like this. And I could not beat this game. I remember being stuck at Helm's Deep. I don't think I ever got past Helm's Deep in this game. Because um, you get there and there's big, crazy waves of fights that you have to do. Uh, and there's some fucking intense fights in this. I just got my ass kicked by the Balrog. So, <laughs> like, ugh. Uh, so my mission now is to finally win. I was like, I want to defeat Lord of the Rings, the third age, because I've been on a huge Lord of the Rings kick. I'm loving the Rings of Power. I'm having a great time with it. And I've just been listening to the trilogy again on audiobook. And like, I've started the Middle Earth strategy battle game, like the miniatures again. I'm getting into my painting. I'm like, ah, oh, Lord of the Rings is back. <laughs> I'm just very happy. Um, so anyway, I really recommend this game. It's about a 22 hour RPG. Um, also one beautiful little thing. All the equipment that you get, you see it on your characters, and it looks beautiful. And I just, I just fucking love when they do that, you know? Not enough games that give you, like RPGs will give you equipment, and then you equip it, and you're like, 
guess something changed. But in this one, you know, pop it on like Gondor. And it's great because the Gondorian armor, it's like I get a new piece and now I have a shiny new Gondorian uh, armor piece. And I'm like, yeah, I feel better and more powerful now. <laughs> um, and they do a, sorry, there's so much on this, but they do a really smart thing with your equipment. Whenever you get new equipment, it immediately shows which character it's for. When you go to the equip screen, it says new equipment. You click on it. It shows you the new equipment that you have for that character. You click on it again and you equip it and it has a star rating system. And that's all you have to go by. You don't have to fucking compare anything. They're just like, trust us, dude. If this has a higher star than that other piece of equipment, it's the fucking equipment you want to wear. Just put it on. <laughs> You're like, yes, game. I will do that. So like, I, I don't know. I just love it. It's streamlined in a way that I find really compelling and it just lets you go through. And then also, when you finish a chapter, like when you finish an area, you can go back to the main menu and you can play what's called the, the evil mode, where you get to do all the fights as the enemy character, enemy uh, characters. And so you get to control them and kill the like your characters <laughs> multiple times. And when you finish that, you get a bunch of items that they then transfer to your save file that you can then access in the game. It's so cool. It's just really fun. Oh, and Ian McKellen narrates everything. There's all these scenes that use like clips from the movie, which <laughs> I'm sure back in the day it was super cool to have all these movie clips, but you're like, ooh, that's some 2040p right there. <laughs> I was going to say the compression. <laughs> I had that playing the Matrix Path of Neo again yes. recently. Like, well, It's a whole thing. And also when I played Deadpool, which was last week's episode, they've HD upgraded like the gameplay. <laughs> But they had to keep the yeah. like the old video footage, and it's so jarring. It is because this is the thing: the HD textures are beautiful, and like the animation is incredible in all these characters and all the moves that they do. And then you get to the scene, and it's like uh, 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 like I almost inverts it, yeah. yeah. Which I'm sure back in the day, the scenes were probably the best part. And then mm, you get into the yeah. game, and you're like, oh, okay, fun. Anyway, uh, I, I, I think this game is incredible. It will never be remade because it was an EA game and they lost the Lord of the Rings license. So I doubt it will ever see the light of day again. Though I believe it deserves it because it truly is a really fun, fun, perfectly playable game nowadays, which is not something you can say about games uh, from the GameCube era all the time, right? You can't always say, oh yeah, you go back, you'll find no problems. I'm like, no, nothing. No problem at all with it. Anyway uh that is Which, what a great lead-in that is actually to our topic oh no we've got to speak about the game it, of the month. it, it is a good lead that in, would have been a great transition i just wanted to give a quick game of the month shout out especially since we have the uh the leader of the game of the month <laughs> you know, out here uh, oh yeah right <laughs> organizer we just want to say the games that have been picked um which you already mentioned castlevania right came out so yes Yes. Which is a classic, and I think a perfect pick for this one. It's an eclectic group of games. Um, yeah, I was really happy when I saw the results. It's like there's this old-school 2D platformer, this 3D adventure game, and this first-person shooter right. game. I mean, yeah. Because we have Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, which <laughs> this might be my impetus to finally beat this game. I stopped where I always stop at this one, which is the Goron stuff. So let's see if I can beat it. Play and, the game. Yeah, just play the side quest. I don't like this game, but anyway, all right. That's <laughs> fine. I will beat it. Um, and then Doom 2016. I, I know. I'm sorry, pal. I know yes. it's your favorite. But, um, yeah. But unless, do we, do we want to add anything to the game of the month or are we good for the topic? <laughs> I, I think that's it. I mean, to be fair, like, I've, 
I think Castlevania is the only one I'd definitely play. I have Majora's Mask. I don't know if I'll bother. I've played Dune 2016. I might replay it, but I don't know if I'll bother. But I think the segue... I really want to... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pala. I really want to replay Majora's Mask, but I'm currently like playing the Zelda games in order, so I am not there yet, but I want to play so badly. Plus, your gacha overlords aren't going to let you do that yet. You got to wait a little bit. (laughs) You can't get your dailies. The game is on my house, and I'm not at my house, so that's the thing that's that's stopping me for real. (laughs) Uh, Your phone, however, is wherever you are. Yes. Okay, so um, I think the segue Rick was going to hit on is that I've just been playing an extremely nostalgic game for me, uh, which leads right into our topic, which is nostalgia in games. Is it good? Is it bad? What even is it? Um, Yeah. I think this first question here is the perfect one. So let's let's start by opening the Pandora's box of this and saying, are there any games that you feel nostalgic about, but you can't play them because you fear that the good times were just an illusion? definitely have some of those <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna bring the matrix path of neo back up because that <laughs> game is excellent but it is quite dated when you try and play it now mm. um the, the footage is one thing but like combat which to like 12 13 year old me like going back to a ps2 from the wii era felt incredible um feels a little bit clunky nowadays um when i revisited it it's uh it's a tricky one. I'm trying to think if there's anything else where I feel that way. Um, I've got one right away. Well, you think. Go on. Vex. Go on. I was thinking about this just a while ago. Yes, and Scalar as well. That era of like yeah. double A tier character platformers. <laughs> Which I don't yeah. know, too mad if you know this one, but Vex is this like, uh, God damn! How do you even describe this game? It is. It's a platform. It's a 3D platformer collectified. It's Crash Bandicoot game. going through his emo phase. Yeah. Okay, I've never heard of that. It's a GameCube game. I got it as a child for my GameCube, and I played the shit out of it. And the thing is... It was multi-plat. We had it on PS2. Yeah, PS2 as well. Yeah. So I don't, like... I'm terrified. What is this? I know. I've never even seen that cover before. (laughs) Oh, the cover where Vex is like, yeah, and he's got his claw hands out. The cover's proper like DeviantArt furry nightmare. The cover looks cool. Like, it does. This is the thing. I remember it being really fun, but I'm really afraid that that is simply <laughs> child Alex being like, I had such a good time with this. So I actually had this thought as I was playing the third age. I was like, huh, maybe I should go back and play Vex. And I'm just like, but maybe I should leave that in my nice memory box. Cause I got lucky yeah. with the third age, you know, third age is actually enjoyable. And I'm like, but do I want it? This guy, it's got a 68 and how long to be. That makes me a little afraid. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> There's I don't know. two games that I actually uh, played, even though I had fear, but I I was scared that the good times were just an illusion. Mm. One of them being Pokemon Stadium for the Nintendo 64, and that was one of my favorite games uh, on that of that time because I really liked the mini games that the game had, and each time I had a friend over, we'll usually just play those mini games and ignore the the battles. Though I have to say that I remember the, even though the models are, well, not the, the, the polygons have an age, well, just say mm. that. The animations, on the other hand, are like way better than anything on Pokemon right now because, well, an actual, like, um, let's say, uh, Double Kick has actually a kick animation. 
instead of uh, tackle animation like in the newer games. And there's still a thing that I want to do, but I'm like not sure if I want to actually, like to go through all the game and like get all the trophies of the game because I actually have now a Pokemon Blue cartridge and I can transfer my Pokemon from Pokemon Blue to uh, Pokemon Stadium and I can actually get the Pokemon from Pokemon Stadium that you get as a prize for some of the stuff that you do in the game into an actual copy of the Pokemon Blue game. And that's a thing that I really want to do, but I'm scared because first of all, these are very old games and the typings don't work as they do now. There's no special attack and special defense. There are just one stat called special, which by the way, made a lot of Pokemon like Jolteon and Alakazam be broken as fuck. The other uh, thing that worries me is that you cannot skip the animations, the attack animations. You have to you watch sit that there. glorious, glorious animation, baby. <laughs> watch the animation. Hear the commentators say something like, "Oh, it is super effective," or "Oh, that just it's like down. it is down," or like, "What was the other line that I that got drilled into my head after hearing?" I was gonna say so I had like times. a Pavlovian response to that it's super yeah. effective, <laughs> like it's <laughs> kind or it's not very effective or it is fast asleep mm. which by the way wrap the the attack move wrap and fire spin and anything that put your pokemon to sleep were broken as back in that time because you cannot attack the turn that you get out of whatever status condition you are in so they could just oh yeah it was brutal um it, it it was brutal, it was broken, and I had so much fun with that game that I'm generally scared to go back to it and find out that and not have the patience for it. Because when I was a kid, it was like, oh, I have I have the time. I can sit through this and I just play like, I don't know, once a week and I guess hearing the same um, commentator over <laughs> over again over months is, instead of like a lot of times in one gaming session because now I can like just sit there and play for three hours without my friends nagging me about it. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound like a good time now that I think about it. You have a game that I actually played and realized, hey, this is not as good as I remember it being. It was a visual novel. The thing about this is that this was my first Otome game, Amnesia Memories. And both the trans the translation is not that it wasn't good, but the writing in general has been surpassed by many, many other vision novels that I've played. So even though I have a special place in my heart for this game, I realize that it is not the best and I would rather just leave it as it is rather than just replay it again and have my heart broken for a third time or a second time. 
So those are my two games that uh kind of like um I kind of want to go back to because nostalgia, but I don't want to go back to because nostalgia. I've got two more I want to throw into the ring. One that I feel like that about, like I think it'll be fine, but I don't find out. Um, and that is Transformers 2004. Um, I believe it was multiplat. Uh, we played it on PS2, and it was great. It was excellent at the time. <laughs> Transformed back and forth at any time. There were like three or four of the characters. You equipped the mini bots, and like it was third person shooting and third person driving. Oh, I don't know if it would stand up <laughs> if I went back to it now, 18 years hence. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, one day I will try. One day I will try. Today is not that day. Um, and the other one, and this might actually be quite interesting timing given that um it, it's a game from tiamat's childhood and it's one um interestingly that he i think probably looks back on quite fondly in a way that i coming to it fresh absolutely did not uh secret of mana oh god this game does not play well in 2022 uh whatever patch <laughs> you put on that you can't see this folks but he's sticking his tongue out at me which yeah. is the mature and measured response i would expect from our moderator in chief it's appropriate. <laughs> well, that, that's a good one because like, yeah, yeah. I actually had this one in mind for the topic. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, for me, basically, the 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 whole nostalgia thing is is more or less linked with the games, but more with the moments. Um. So there's like a lot of games I remember. But I don't remember playing the games. I don't remember the games, but I remember where I played the games and why yeah. and how. And Secret of Mana was... Um, uh, I, I, I was sick at home for like a week. I can't remember what was it for. I think I had uh, pneumonia or something. And I was at home for a week. I was like 15 or 16 years old or something. And I just played through the game that week, like lying on the couch and just playing a game. And it was pretty much a new game back then. It was like two years old or something. And um, so when, when I see this game or when I hear somebody talking about this game, I don't remember playing the game. I remember that I was sick. <laughs> And um, I was at home, you know, that, so th this is what comes back to me. And Prince also, of manner, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and also... <laughs> oh, Secrets of Newmania. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Sorry. As you were. As you were. Oh, and, and, yeah. When you're a kid. And, and, and that game is also what got me into more um, serious, I would say, RPGs. Because before that, I was like, I would see my friends play Final Fantasy. Uh, well, we called it Final Fantasy 2, but it was like Final Fantasy 4. I did not get it. I mean, for me, it was all the menus. All I could see were menus. And I, 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 it, I just didn't get it. But then I played Secret of Mana, and it was like, okay, this is like, <laughs> this is for me. And, yeah, and then that got me into the the PlayStation and all those like late '90s RPGs. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I get from that game, especially is is, is the moment. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Like I feel like because what you're hitting on for me, it does feel like there are two types of at least 
personally two types of nostalgia, right? Like what you're talking about, which is like the very, the situational nostalgia, the like the, in that moment, yep. that thing that happened. And then there is sometimes like actual nostalgia for like gameplay that I enjoyed, which in those cases, I've had like really satisfying returns to games. Like I, I think I replayed Golden Sun mm-hmm. a while back and I was like, that was actually great. That was actually a good game. Oh, okay. My memories of it was actually because I enjoyed the game, right? Um, versus mm-hmm. like some specific time. But then I think what's interesting is like, because the other question we had here is, are there any current games that you think you'll feel nostalgic towards in 20, 30 years? And when you're mentioning yeah. the being sick, it's like, I think for me, all the games that I played, or at least a lot of the games that I played during the lockdowns and the pandemic are going to hold major nostalgic feelings for me, especially mm-hmm. because I played a lot of them with my partner. Like I'm thinking like we played the Halo series together already huge like i already had slight nostalgic i had my major nostalgia for halo 3 because i played that with my my buddies back in high school and now i've got huge nostalgia for that fall guys that was huge we played through silent hill shattered memories and silent hill 2 we were just talking about them the other day how much we loved that and then both last of us and last of us part 2 like these are games that we just we played together and like in this period of time where it was just like it was so weird right it was such an out of time moment and I got to just kind of sit with my partner and we just kind of played shit together. And it was like, and now I think about it, I'm like, I'm already kind of nostalgic, but like nostalgic of the moment, not really, you know what I mean? Like it's, anyway, I know yeah, in 20 years. I know I'll exactly what you mean. Yeah. Literally a couple of weeks ago, I was having this conversation with a couple of friends who we played Warzone through like <sighs> pandemic one, as it were, like that March through yeah. sort of August period. And there's already a nostalgia there, like two years out. And I, reading the question on the on the agenda i definitely have thought about it that way but i think often the nostalgia is pinned to the place and the time as much as the media um as well same as music and books and things like that as well like if you have you know a specific summer read that you had on a particular holiday like those memories are tied together in that way um i think in terms of like nostalgia going forward i think there's going to be like probably a nostalgia for some of the FPS campaigns, like the resistances and the call of duties, because that, that kind of game is kind of dying out that four to six hour blitz. Like you're either, you're either playing a big FPS campaign, like a a Metro or a doom, or you've got the online only component really. Um, You know, the story campaigns are still there, but they're not the same um, novelty or spectacle as they were back in that, sort of late era i mean i was hit um, by that clearly i replayed the call of duty for remastered right because i was like i remember this i remember yeah yeah literally <laughs> yeah. um but i also think like we're probably in a weird position where podcast wise there's been particular moments like 12 minutes when you event like that that's there's a specific nostalgia of like the therapy session that we all collectively <laughs> went through for that um and yeah, games that we've we've all talked about. I think it takes two is a particular one for that as well, where yeah. like you have specific memories yeah. with whoever you played it with. Yeah. Um, I'm rambling. I don't really have a particular answer for this question. <laughs> Someone take this off me, please. Well, yeah, coming back to moments. I mean, that that's that's really what I remember from when I was a kid. I'm looking at my library of games, and I'm like, okay. I my memories of Super Mario Brothers three is not about. I can't remember much of the game or when I beat it or anything like that. I remember two things. I remember that, well, since back then we couldn't save the game, 
mm-hmm. we couldn't quit the game. Um, I had to let the 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 the, the NES turned on like for days. And and my I, I I can't remember. I think I was <clears throat> sorry. I think I was at like a sixth or seventh world or something. And then my mom was just vacuuming in the house, <laughs> and uh, and the head of the vacuum cleaner just barely touched the power button of the nest, <laughs> and it just turned off. <clears throat> so I remember that stuff, which is kind of funny. Um, and I remember in the late 90s, I won those, um, I think the earliest versions of like eSports or something. It was like this nice. uh, during spring break when uh, our city was organizing like activities and stuff for the young kids. And it was like this uh, Mario 3 contest where you had to do as many points as you could in within three minutes, I think. And I actually uh, came in first place two years in a row. <clears throat> so I remember like grinding those first four levels <laughs> for months, knowing yeah. there would be that contest. So I would just play and play and play and play those first three to four levels with my stopwatch for three minutes yeah. to see how many points I could get and start again and again and again and again until like I had this perfect run <clears throat> so i remember that um i remember super castlevania 4 which is a very very uh, very early uh super nintendo game we got it <clears throat> and um <clears throat> sorry so we went to our uh to my grandma's place with our console, <clears throat> and while the the uh, the adults were playing cards upstairs during like Christmas or something, uh, my cousin and I were playing that game in the basement. Uh, you know, so I I can't remember like getting the game, uh, completing the game, playing the game, but I remember that I was at my grandma's place for Christmas that year in 1991 playing that game with my cousin. So, <clears throat> you know, all those things <clears throat> come back to me. And, you know, I've got so many, like, weird memories, like Super Metroid when it came out. My dad and I would play, like, nonstop. And I remember the first time we beat it was, like, 40, uh, 24 hours completion time. Back when we didn't have internet, we didn't have guys... <laughs> Uh, like there was like no such thing. So I remember it was roughly 24 hours. Um, I remember when Link to the Past came out and like three to six months later, it came out in French. I think it was the very first game that was a French, that got a French release. Shit. As far as I can remember in, uh, in North America. So I remember getting that and playing a video game in French was special and you know for me that that's what it is i mean yes there's this oh like yeah i was a kid and i've got all, all, all these fun times but i don't i've played so many games <laughs> in the past like 35 years that i can't remember m- many of them but i remember like specific 
like memory timestamps or something. Um, so yeah, it's neat too because sometimes when you play one of those games, like I have had this happen when I played the Third Age, I suddenly remember some things or like moments from when I'm playing it when I played it. I was like, oh yeah, this, and I'm like, right, and then I'm like, it's like it shoots me back a little bit. It can, it can have that kind of reverse effect sometimes, right? Sometimes you learn, oh. I didn't give a shit about this game. It's just the memories like you're talking about. But then other times you're like, oh, I remember now. (laughs) Yeah, there are so many things like that. Or sometimes there is um, the the example that came to mind was that uh, DuckTales Remastered. Mm. Um, I played a lot of that game when I was a kid, like the original one. And when the Remastered came out, it was like, oh, should I play this? Will it like ruin everything? Will it be good? Uh, well, it turns out it's a very good remastered, first of all. It's very fun. It's very accurate. Uh, they really went with the original vibe, uh, the original level design, the original music. So when I played this, like all the memories from me playing the NES one like came back. Nice. This, yeah. So like the, or I don't know. I also have some memories of discovering something like uh, I've got very like vivid memories, like nostalgic memories of playing the first Assassin's Creed game, which was only like in 2017. So I waited like 10 years before even touching that franchise. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, I should try it. And it was such a great discovery that whenever I think of that franchise now, I it's hard not to think about very specific missions of the first game because these were the ones that stuck to me because I was discovering something completely new and different that I, I had never played like this type of game before. Um, same goes for God of War, which I played on the PS2 for the first time in like 2015, which like it's like over 10 years after release date. And then again, I've played the second one. I've got, uh, I've, I've, I've seen the other ones and stuff. But when I think about God of War, I, I have like very clear memories of some specific parts of some levels from the first game because I was discovering something new. Mm-hmm. So my nostalgia from these games does not come from playing the game. It comes from the feeling I had playing these games. Hmm. Um, well, I think that's what really yeah. nostalgia is, right? It's like, it's an emotional yeah. reaction. It's, it's the, the it's whatever. Cause I don't know. I, anyway, sorry, this is like kind of weirdy sciencey stuff, but in general, like from what they understand at this point, it's still obviously a lot. We don't know about memory, but that like humans in general, we remember things that impacted us intensely emotionally, right? Like that hmm. tends to be, uh, why you have better, stronger memories, which is also why, fun fact, because uh, I've done a lot of research on this shit, depression in general, a lot of people have a hard time remembering memories because in general, depression is a flattening of emotion, right? So oftentimes mm. through depressive states, you have a really hard time remembering things because in fact, you're not making very intense memories. Um, so there's a little fun thing for you. Um, yeah. But we imagine childhood, childhood, emotions are really strong right like i mean yeah. you you have huge emotions throughout childhood so 
I feel like it like kind of hits hard. And, and now as I'm getting older, suddenly I'm also getting more emotions now too. I don't know. Maybe I'm just healthier as a human being. <laughs> yeah. You can say. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice little, nice little dig there. Paula, did you want to add anything on this one before we, uh, before we get to, yeah, the, I was get, trying get to games? think like, yeah, I was trying to think which games would I feel nostalgic, nostalgic about in 23 years. And again, it comes down to what the emotion around the game was, where I was at the time, or like who I shared the experience with. Because definitely for me, it would be um, Breath of the Wild, one of the big ones. Because first of all, I got the Switch on release day. Mm -hmm. And I went very early with my boyfriend to pick up the Switch um, with all the Zelda goodies at that time. Because of course I had to get all the uh, all the amiibos that released at the time and the art book and I don't even want to know how much money I spent that way. But anyway, I mm -hmm. <laughs> I went to the Setamart store that day. There was a huge queue of people just wanted to play Zelda and everyone was talking about like, hey, what what is it gonna be? Like um trying to imagine how the experience was gonna be and taking pictures and just having fun on the game. And then like coming back home and finally having the games, the the game and the new system in my hands was like almost like magic in a way. And even now when I just would have sell that to play like a challenge with my boyfriend or a challenge with my nephew or like when my nephew was just starting to play the game and he was like tell me all about these discoveries he was making like all those memories are the ones that are going to stick the most besides like a couple of cool details about the game but those those are just like me being nerdy and yeah that's the thing that i feel that it's going to stick the most as well as where I'm trying to think, well, which visual novels I'm gonna feel nostalgic nostalgic about. First of all, Stainsgate was the first visual novel I ever played. And of course, like the the like the three Atoma games that I feel I gush about the most that are could realize Catanchante and uh, Cupid Parasite. And again, those games have are the ones that evoke the most emotion out of me. And the games that I share the most with other people, especially Catherine Chanta, because it is almost a ritual that each time anyone over on Twitter starts a game, everyone subscribes and just like watch them like tweet and follow to the abyss of emotion that is a Catherine Chanta. So, yeah, emotion plays a big role on nostalgia. Nice. Hmm. Well, I think we should, because we've already gone very long on here. <laughs> so I think we should move on to our next little segment here, which is Guest the Game, which is Welcome to Guess the Game, where the aim of the game is to guess the guest game. <laughs> so, um, Tiamat, if you want to share us, so I believe it's been a while since we've done this. So I, I think it's it's the reviews, right? Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, what is it again? It's just try to make you guess a game based on how long on... to beat reviews i think is the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah pretty much let's and you tell you tell us the times as well the main main plus and 100 percent right that is actually super yeah. useful. Uh, okay 
Um, sure. Okay. Actually, why why don't we like? It would be fun. Like, whoever wins this gets like two extra points for the how long to beat the game. Ooh. No. Okay. Like, you know what? No. I'm fine with that. No? You should you should at least get maybe a point. I think that's fair. That's fine. I think a point. Yeah, yeah. let's make it a Whoever point. Whoever wins gets a point. I, yeah. I, I'm cool with that because Rick is really good at yeah. this, so we might just be giving Rick a point. But, yeah. <laughs> but I'm cool with that. I like that. Points. Why not? All the points. Raise Infinity the stakes a little points. bit. Because one point's not going to change everything, but it's a good one. So let's do but that. It could that. change everything. Yeah. yeah, it could. You never know. You never know. <laughs> okay, so uh, main story, three and a half hours. Ooh, Okay. Main plus extras four hours. Completionist four hours. Okay. So three and a half, four and four. Mm-hmm. Uh and let's hit the reviews and see. I don't think it's gonna be that hard though. Okay, well let's find out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a weird game. If you like vertical, I uh, know. Uh, okay, yeah, what a weird game. If you like vertical side-scrolling platformer slash dungeon exploration slash shmup games, then I guess this is it. The game is great aside from every dungeon stage. Oh my god. Ooh, is it shovel? No, it can't be shovel night dig. Surely not. No. Okay, next no. one. This game has some interesting ideas for an early action adventure title, but it is very heavily based around RNG elements in nearly all aspects of the game. Enemy attacks, enemy spawn points, enemy projectile, trajectory, bonus rooms, etc. And the base mechanics aren't terribly interesting. Shit, this is an old adventure game. Okay, next is one. It... Oh, oh, what's the name of it? Is it... King's Quest Four: The Perils of Rosella. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it? Was it Ghosts and Goblins or something like that? No, that's no, not it's Ghosts not. And no. How dare you? That's my no. favorite game. <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> Imagine. That's so wrong. I think I'd be <laughs> if that got caught. Yeah. Uh, okay, next one. Um, um, meh, it's all right, I guess. Quote unquote. No, sorry, I thought I thought that was it. That's why I was talking. Okay. Sorry, you keep going to that. Ignore me. Uh, it's all right, I guess. Quote unquote game title has some interesting ideas that come far too late into the game for me to care much about them. Aside from the brutality, unfair first hour, the rest of the game feels fairly manageable. The music is great and the game controls mostly well. However. There are two things that get in the way of me enjoying this game. Firstly, the game is slow, really, really slow. It is, in fact, so slow that I encourage anyone interested playing this to emulate it, as it will allow you to fast forward the certain sections of monotony and boredom that you'd be otherwise forced to deal with. I'd be willing to forgive it if the platforming wasn't built into a quote-unquote uh, protagonist name, controlling and moving at a much faster pace than the game allows. Is it? Second. Ooh, oh, Castlevania. Oh, is it Blaster Master? No. No. Okay. That protagonist being faster through me. Sorry, go on. 
Uh, secondly, the game suddenly decides it's one, it wants to be entirely different. Uh, uh, it wants to be an entirely different game once you hit the dungeon levels. Take all the previous issues of boring and slow gameplay and combine Zelda them two. with... No. No. Yeah, I thought so about that thing. Yeah, and not yeah. vertical. Sorry. The vertical thing is throwing me. Yeah. Uh, secondly, the game suddenly decides it wants to be an entirely different game once you hit the dungeon levels. Take all the previous issues of boring and slow gameplay and combine them with labyrinth-like maps that are extremely confusing to navigate. It felt nigh impossible to get through these sections without consulting a guide, which should never be the case. Just play, insert a sequel name instead. This game is only worth it for novelty's sake, novelty's sake nothing more. Is it the original Kirikarus? Yes! Oh, well Ooh. done, Paola! Yeah. Oh. One point to Paola, oh. nice! That's yeah. oh, Kid Icarus. That's genius. God damn. Okay. Oh, wow. Vertical shoot. Oh, I yeah. Because you're shooting the. Kind of, yeah. You do the weird upwards. shooter. Original oh, Kid Icarus. Okay. Good job, Paolo. That's that's well done. Oh my say, god. I was on a totally wrong area because I got stuck on the adventure game stuff, which this is an action game, I'd say. So that reviewer, excuse me, <laughs> but <laughs> damn, that was a good one. Um, okay. I've put your extra point into like next episode's um, agenda palace. So you've got your point. Okay, I put it down here on our agenda too, just to pop it in there. Um, but that's a good idea, since I've already done it, so that's on. Perfect. It's four, seven, eight now for Alex, Paler, and myself, respectively. Um, all right. Well, now that means it's time for. to beat the game. What we'll do for this, um, basically, you'll all play. But like between uh, Rick and Paolo, whoever gets the, you know, you'll win. So we could just, it could just, this will be a normal episode. But uh, Tiamat, look, <laughs> you have uh, uh, bonus points if you manage to play for pride. Time. Yeah, exactly. So uh, here's what we'll do. Since it's my uh, my turn this week, right? I believe. Yes. Yes. yes perfect. Um, all right. I am going to hit the randomizer here. Okay. Here we go. This is good. Tokyo Jungle on the PS3. Do you know what? I almost started playing this the other day. I've got my uh, You've played PS3 every game. No <laughs> I haven't. I, I've got it installed. And I thought I was going to be stuck in bed for six weeks for reasons that are irrelevant to this podcast. Uh, this is... But, yeah. Sorry, what was the question, Paola? Is Tokyo Jungle in the PS2, PS3. 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 Okay. Yeah, this is a PS3 game. So, yeah, I need main, main plus completionist. Um, and then I would also like you to tell me what is this game about? Well, humans disappeared from Tokyo all of a sudden, leaving the animals to fend oh. for themselves. Play the game as it's various the one where the animals in this like the main apocalyptic character. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks like a yeah, very early, like like very early PS3 game. Yeah, it was it's fun fact. Uh, no, there is no, like sorry. A, a PS. There's a PS mobile like turn-based strategy. Game. Of this yeah, game yeah. That, that's like lost to time because PS Mobile no longer exists as a thing unless you're hacking. Uh, it's supposed to be quite good. I'm still trying to get it to work on my Vita, but yeah. Um, okay, so I think what I would like um, for the bonus points here, um, I would like to do this again. I would like you to tell me what genre this is on how long to beat. Oh, ugh. Oof, and there okay. are, how there many, are two. How many I need you to give me two genres for this. 
I mean, I love this okay. one because this one is fun. <laughs> Whoever gets closest wins it. <laughs> okay, so I actually had never heard of this game before. Let's see. Yeah, I know it's tough. And Tiamat, you can just send me yours through like a just like a private message on Discord. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay, so it's late. So late PS3 game. Hmm. Digital only. No, not digital only. There was a disc. No, this is yeah. Version. This was a full release. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, I think the disc room was pretty limited because it's quite hard to find that way. I believe so. I'm sure it was much more in Japan. I think it was quite limited outside of Japan. Yeah. It's still the era where they felt like you know. Japanese games, they're like, I don't know. You know, there was that like, will they sell? Which, yeah, they will. <laughs> Though this one is pretty niche, all things. Yeah, it's relatively niche. I don't think it was Again, particularly amazing fire. either. I think it was okay, but I don't I don't think it was like I, Yeah, I think fine TM is probably like on the nose. Yeah. Um Okay, let's see. Um I like the genre. I, the, what? Go on, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I like doing genre stuff just because you really have to like remember, like, what are the genres on How Long to Beat? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's the bit I'm not feeling confident on. I'm quietly confident on the times because I looked at them a week ago. Yeah. But I, this will shock you. I didn't make a point of like remembering what <laughs> the genre tags were. <laughs> Yeah, um, let's see. Okay, what do we think? I'm, I'm all, um, <laughs> whatever. Okay, let's go. Nice. All right. You got you go, Alex. And Paola just got them at the same it's time. Alex, too. Right? Yeah. Yes, you sent it to me. Okay, here we go. So we're going to start off with main story. Um, so what we have here, uh, Paula has said 12 hours. Tiamat has said 8 hours. And Rick has said 15 hours. And the time is 15 and a half hours. Yeah. Well yeah. done there, Rick. You can kick that one. So Rick gets one point for that. So we'll pop that up there. Um, next, we got main plus. So uh, Rick has said 21 hours. Uh, Tiamat has said 14 hours. And Paula has said 23 hours. And Rick is directly on the money. It is 21 hours. Mm-hmm. Another point for Rick. It looks like this might end up being a, a sweep. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, it feels a bit dirty already. I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we have 100%, which Tiamat has said 17 hours. Paula has said 25 hours. And Rick has said 22 hours. And it is, in fact, 21 and a half hours. So, Rick, mm-hmm. you get another one there. Clean sweep on the times here for Rick. Okay. Yeah. So to recover. I know. Now this is the big one, though. You could, yeah. This and I'll, is I'll give you a spoiler warning. You did not win this one, Rick. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Rick has said platformer and survival. Okay. Tiamat has said action science fiction, and Paola has said action survival, and it is indeed action survival. Which means Paola oh, has taken two it. more points. So with that one extra point that Paola got, now this is a competition, I'd say, between Rick and Paola. Uh, Rick is at sitting at 11 points. Paola's at nine points. I'm at four. I could maybe come back if I sweep. 
uh, the next two, but it's not looking good for me right now. <laughs> it needs to be a couple of light Hail Mary results. I need to genuinely just like sweep through the next little bit, but that's not fine. I don't mind because we're playing Resident Evil 2 this month, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it for this episode of How Long to Be. Thank you so much for joining us, Tiamat. This has been wonderful. Yeah. To get to finally i know right? finally we made it happen yeah and we have lots of guests coming in actually over the next uh few months here we i know we haven't had many in a while and it's because we just get so busy and then we don't know who wants to come on so if you want to come on the podcast send us a line we might not respond right away but we promise we see it <laughs> what i will say is if you are smashing the like button your chances of getting on do increase <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's it for now. Toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>